Hey, this is James Ellis from the Talent Cast Podcast, and you're listening to the Chad and Cheese Podcast. So perhaps treat this message like an intervention. Why are you doing this to yourself? You have so much to live for. Why would you waste your time here, of all places? Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, flash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. <laughs> Let's get ready to podcast. What's up, kids? I'm Joel Cheeseman of the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Joined today by my cohort, Chad Sowash. Chad, how you doing? I am awesome. Special guest today. I can't believe it's taken this long to get him on the show. Alex Murphy, CEO of JobSync. Man, welcome to the show. How are you? Here he is. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Sounding great, Alex. So we brought you on today to talk about one of the most important issues in humanity. Uh, pain view for job sites. What is it and why does it matter? Well, I think it's the... Uh you know, it's probably the second coming of the Messiah, I guess, you know, in terms of like the, the, the size and importance on, on humanity, as you put it. Right below climate change and right above. Uh, I yeah. Don't know. So 40 miles so, to my east is an orange dude that uh, I think is a bigger issue than pain view, but we're not going to talk yeah. about that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so we there was actually an appcast survey chris foreman wrote up uh, an article around what they've seen since indeed's pain view came into place and it's uh, it's double prices for uh clients and instead of them actually getting the traffic to their career site uh that uh, that just pretty much is all blown away so uh, they get about half the amount of traffic and they're paying twice as much because when an individual clicks on an actual job on indeed it doesn't take that used to take them much like google it used to take them to the corporate career site um but now google doesn't even do that for god's sakes right google is even in pain view with google for jobs so uh so why is this a good thing for jobs why is this a good thing for the industry overall well i think you know first and foremost it's about the candidate experience and um you know just kind of taking that that phrase that is used probably too often uh, to justify all sorts of different initiatives, it's probably really important to talk about what candidate experience is not. And a really pretty corporate job site experience is not does not translate into a better candidate experience. A better candidate experience is ease of navigation, speed, don't make me a- answer questions, the same, the same question over and over and over again. And, you know, pain view is one component, which really, you know, just to take a step back, the pain view concept is really a user experience on a job site where you see the search results on the left and the job over on the right. It's a layout that's really good for a large monitor desktop. It doesn't impact mobile, right? Pain view is not a mobile, a function on mobile devices. The AppCast data in Chris article related to desktop traffic, right? So it does not include mobile traffic. I got that confirmed this week. And it only includes the the performance of the ATS apply path, meaning this is only measuring the performance of your sponsored spend 
when a person leaves the job site and goes to the company's page, be it an ATS or a corporate career site, and then applies on the ATS. It does not include anything like a native apply experience, like what you get if you use Indeed Apply, Zip Apply, Glassdoor has a native apply experience, Stack has no native apply experience, uh, Facebook's entire platform with a few exceptions is all native apply experience. So you know it's important to understand what it is and isn't. If you go back 20 years ago, every job board hosted the application and these applications were sent out by email and uh, to the recruiter and ATS has started to become in vogue. And so then job seekers started to leave the job sites. The aggregators removed the job description step so as to reduce friction. But at this point, it's so disruptive to take the candidate off of the job platform and over to this ATS path where they're asked too many questions. They have a disruptive experience. Often that experience is a very slow to load. It's a disaster on mobile in most cases. Mm-hmm. And so all of these things roll up into, you know, what's legitimately a, a real issue for anybody that's a job platform operator needs to figure out how to deliver the goods of what they're selling. And the goods are high quality applicants and enough applicants to to meet the needs of the advertiser. So uh, an employer is actually paying for in I mean in the olden days before paying view uh, getting that that job seeker to their corporate career site. So if they do go through the application process, I mean they're at least paying for that branding experience. Um, that's not happening now. So if you click on the actual job and it displays the description in Indeed, you get charged for a click, right? Um, where before it would take you to the website. So why why isn't Indeed saying, okay, hey, we want to do the best for job seekers and PainView definitely has a much quicker, much faster, easier way to, to, to go through and browse through job descriptions. But why are they paying on that click instead of the click when an individual clicks on the apply? Why wouldn't they just go that route? Because that's what the actual employer is paying for. They're paying for that person to come into their experience. It's a fair, it's a fair question. I mean, and, well, if you think about it from just the perspective in, of Indeed, and I think uh-huh. most job boards will follow this path, Indeed is, is solving for a larger problem, which is to move and migrate more employers to their native apply experience, which is Indeed Apply. This is the search result uh, or the jobs where you see the little easy apply designation mm-hmm. inside of the search results. It's the design, it's the uh, experience where when they open the job, they see an orange apply now button as opposed to the blue apply on company website button. Those jobs that use Indeed Apply get much more visibility within the platform. And Indeed's data says that if you use Indeed Apply, you get up to eight times more applicants. Isn't that because they actually show them higher in the search engine result? It's a combination of things, right? So number one, that's there's no question that they're getting more visibility within the platform. Yeah. Number two, they're reusing the candidate's data that they've already entered on Indeed. Number three, they're not sending them off to a different website. So you know, in the interwebs, so to speak, there's all sorts of kind of data flow and caching of browser pages and, and style sheets and so forth that make for a much faster experience when you're viewing the fourth, fifth, sixth, eighth page on a website. When somebody goes to a new ATS, they 
they have to load all of that data in the browser. If you're on a slow mobile connection, it's a disaster. If you are on a mobile device as a job seeker and you end up on one of these applicant tracking systems that's not optimized, as most of them, uh, at least most of them in the context of the jobs managed, then uh, you know, you're often blocked from even being able to complete the action. And so there are maybe five or six different points in that funnel where job seekers fall off and don't complete the apply. So 18, 20 years ago, conversion rates from a job view to an application submitted were upper double digits, right? So like 50, 60%, 70% application rates because you could reuse the profile information and there weren't 80 questions asking for everything that was highly inappropriate to ask for at this stage in the application process. And, you know, with the ATS, you know, there's, there are way too many instances of companies inserting too many questions and ultimately driving up the amount of friction so that the job seekers don't convert. You mentioned mobile earlier, and I don't know the most current numbers, but I know that a lot of job seeking applying happens on mobile devices now. Is is this two pain talk a lot of much ado about nothing because most of the stuff that's going on is going on on a handheld device anyway? The part that's relevant for both is that it's really about viewing a job description on the job site, right? In this case, you know, we could talk about it from the context of being Glassdoor or Monster or Indeed. They've, they've had very different paths to get to where they are today, but now the user experience is very similar. Mm-hmm. In the case of aggregators like Indeed, they had exactly the experience that Chad was talking about where you go from search results directly off to the corporate career site to view the job. You know, Rewind eight, nine years ago, they went to job boards first, and then they had to go through the reg path hell on job boards, which, you know, and full disclosure, I'm, you know, I built a lot of those bad reg paths. Um, <laughs> And so, you know, I understand that perspective very well. So Indeed has constantly, from very early days, focused on a quality experience for the users. And they're looking at the data and they can see, you know, especially when they're held to be, you know, held against or compared against other services like Hired, right? Where the entire experience on Hired takes place on Hired. Mm -hmm. And if you're trying to compare your money spent on Indeed, and you're being compared against Hired, and Indeed is their performance is dictated by whether or not they generated enough applicants to turn into uh, starts. And the major friction in that process was the was the apply on the ATS. Indeed's kind of looking at this, saying that's not quite fair, is it? So Indeed is morphing to look more like what job boards have looked like historically, with the job description in full on on Indeed. And even going further back in time, like I was saying before, to actually host the entire application experience on Indeed. And that's what most everybody is moving towards. It's commercial time. Okay, so we've already established texting is probably the best way to connect with candidates, right? Plus, next stats show 73% of professionals are open to receiving job opportunities via text. And with a 99% delivery rate, you cannot go wrong. Those are two big reasons why you gotta love Text to Hire from Next. That's right, Text to Hire from Next with the double X, not the triple X. 
Next has over 8 million candidates who have opted in to receive jobs via text. And you and your clients need qualified candidates. Next can help you find and target qualified candidates who have opted in for job opportunities via text. And in today's competitive market, you need an edge to reach qualified candidates faster. You need text to hire from Next. Just go to chadcheese.com and click on the Next logo to learn more about how you can gain a competitive edge with opt-in texting. Text to hire from Next. It just makes sense. It's showtime. Yeah, I can remember 10 years ago, uh, you know, iPhone came out and apps were starting to be developed. And Indeed, at the time, had the entire job description of everyone they were aggregating, which at the time was pretty nuts, right? Like you think about, imagine if Google, if you clicked on a search result, just showed you the page within Google that you were going to, right? There are actually laws against that. But I had a conversation with CareerBuilder and said, look, why are you guys letting Indeed do this? Uh, they're basically taking you out of the entire equation. I think the answer I got was, well, we want we want people to have as much access to our jobs as possible, yada, yada, yada. And certainly what we've seen 10 years hence, the job board is more irrelevant probably than ever because of these sort of job search, uh, job search platforms like an Indeed. Um, if you're a job board right now, <laughs> what do you, are you helpless to do anything about this? Are you happy about it? Are you fine with it? What is their perspective in all this? Well, I think, you know, it's, it's interesting that you characterize Indeed as not a job board. Um, and, I, you know, this whole discussion about, you know, are job boards dying or when will they die or whatever. And you know, I think that the proper way to frame this is job boards are an analog to what portals were like Lycos and Yahoo. And there's a rise right now of really job platforms where the entire experience will stay 100% on the job platform. So Stack is is moving very much in this direction entirely. Mm -hmm. uh, Hired is there. Indeed is moving there. Facebook's coming into the business this way. If you look at what the Google experience is, it's not a search and click off. It's a search. And then you're looking at the portal and you can start to digest and gather information. Mm -hmm. They're aggregating all the review data and company data, trying to build kind of like one page that does a great job of helping you understand as a job seeker, is this a good job for me to apply to or not, and then giving them the methodology to determine or the choice to determine where they want to go apply for the job. And so they've got four or five choices. And that's how they're kind of positioning themselves uh, in this stack. If I'm a mid-sized job board, right, I'm, I'm trying to think about the exact same stuff as it's related to where's the market headed. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you had a, you had a show... I don't know, probably three or five weeks ago with, and um, you had Andy Katz on and you guys were talking about mm -hmm. the apply experience, right? And somebody out there needs to create the ability to deliver the application directly into the ATS. And it's that type of integration that is what's needed in the space. And, you know, there are service providers like ours and JobSync that do that. We deliver Indeed Apply applications directly from indeed direct directly into the ATS and we support legacy ATSs. Um, there are ATSs that have direct integrations like workable and you know that that integration layer we're year we are years behind in our space go figure we're always years behind right mm -hmm. but we're years behind making those types of integrations normal right but if you look into other verticals like travel shopping and others it's it's common for these integrations to happen. If you go to United, 
and you buy a flight to Sweden to go visit Tengai, you can, in the same transaction, add your rental car, although you probably wouldn't get a rental car there, but you can add your hotel. You could have bought the entire package on Kayak or Expedia. Uh, if you go to Amazon, you can buy stuff that's sold by Amazon or 3,000 other retailers that are selling directly through Amazon. And so, you know, this, this whole kind of evolution is really the Amazonification of job boards. And it sounds like Indeed's forcing ownership of the, the apply. They want to own the apply. Uh, in your opinion, will Indeed make that mandatory that you have to use Indeed apply to be able to be on our platform? I don't think that they will, quote, make it mandatory. What they will do is they will make it something where you are compelled to do it because your performance will force you to. Right. So right now, if you go on Indeed uh -huh. um, and you run a search for like any company that has like locations or lots of lots of stores and that kind of thing. Right. So take any kind of restaurant. Uh, if that restaurant's using, you know, a, an ATS, it's not integrated. That means that the only experience they have is one where they can put their jobs in and the user has to click and leave Indeed to go to the ATS to apply. Mm -hmm. And in some cases, that experience is just a complete joke, right? So like I've gone through ATSs in the last week where for a dishwasher job, I have to create an account with like a super secret password. And it gets difficult for me in the business designing products to even get through their password creation function. It's just, it's a, it's laughable. But what you'll find in there is you'll find cases where a company that has many locations and and um, and restaurants will have instances of jobs that are labeled as easy apply. What's happening there is the people in the field are not getting the applicants that they need in order to fill the jobs that are open. And they drive back and forth to work, listening to the radio, and they hear 45 times a day, go post a job for free on Indeed, get started on ZipRecruiter for free, and they're taking matters into their own hands and they're right. going to Indeed and they're posting jobs. They end up sponsoring those jobs. They spend 10, 20, $30 a day. They are getting these applicants in their email rather than in the ATS, but they're making their hires. It's an experiment that's being run, not on purpose. It just happens to, it's happening. And the corporate TA organization is seeing this happen and they're seeing the difference in outcomes. And it's not just on, on Indeed, right? It's any of these companies, any job platform that has a native apply experience is seeing material difference in performance in terms of application generation if they retain the application experience versus sending the user off to an unknown process. We talk a lot about uh, chatbots on the show. And one of the fascinating things I think about chatbots is they are, they're, they're essentially made to make the mobile apply process easier. Right. So instead of clicking a link to upload or connect, you know, uh, connect through LinkedIn or apply through whatever. Right. Like you're having a conversation like you would a, a messaging uh, experience. And, and in that messaging experience, you're you're applying for a job, even though you may not even know it while you're doing it. So the fact that you brought up the ZipRecruiter and like the email thing was interesting to me. And I'm wondering your thoughts on at what point does apply get replaced by 
chat with us or connect with us and it becomes a chat experience as opposed to an upload your resume experience. Which is a better experience, right? Well, I think the better answer is it's all of the above, right? So before my time at Beyond, it was an e-commerce business and we put our phone number in like six or seven different places on the homepage. Mm -hmm. And the way that we got to that point, we didn't start that way. We had our phone number in one place and we had people sending us emails through the contact us link saying, I can't find your phone number, even though it's like right there on the top of the screen. So we're like, okay, that's kind of weird. So we put it in another place and then another place. And then we just saw our call volume go up. And I bring up that story because different people look in different places. If you've ever looked at a heat map of like where people look on the website, there's the whole reverse C thing and different patterns people follow. And I think that you know, if you are looking to solve for conversion optimization, then you should probably have a chat bot. You should probably have a link that says apply now. You should probably have an email box. You should have asked, you know, and, and all those things on your corporate career site, you should do all of them, right? You should make the flow easy. Uh, what, you know, one of the early wins in any engagement that I do in, in the consulting work that I do if we're doing user acquisition is to look at what their form looks like and to reduce the number of fields on each screen, even if that means making the number of screens way more, right? So just to be gross in the example, if you have 20 fields that you need to collect, you should, you know, you could literally expand that out to 20 screens, which is essentially what a chatbot is doing. It's asking for those, the data points one at a time. And that's, that's like the remarkable invention is, it feels personable, even though people really feel like, you no, know, it's a bot. And it's asking the right question, this question right now, and I can answer that question. I don't have to think very deeply about it. And thus, conversion rates go up. But you could literally do that in a form. Yeah, You could have 20 screens in a form, so long as it was fluid and easy, and it didn't require a four-second page reload on the next one. Tim Sackett was on. He's talking about this story that he tells over and over again about, you know, your 10-year-old knows how to go find a lost dog. Right. Uh -huh. They know that they have to put posters in the grocery store, in the post office and on the telephone pole uh, and that that's what works because you're going to put the posters where everybody is that may have seen your lost dog. And you, what you wouldn't do is you wouldn't just put the poster of your lost dog on your front door because nobody comes by your front door. And the, the moral of the story is you've got to put your marketing message where the people are. And you have to make it really easy for them to connect. That's great, but that's expensive to do. And so what do you tell the company slash job site slash ATS that's spending more and more money to get that traffic and having their cost per applicant go up? Um, and by the way, you mentioned, you know, advertising on things like Facebook, Instagram, um, et cetera. Like if people aren't going to your site, you can't retarget them from going to your site and then they leave and then go to, you know, social media, which I think is a, is a problem as well, right? It's great to think it's a better user experience, but I, as the advertiser, am not able to get my message, retarget that message to people on other sites. So what are your thoughts on, I guess, that question of, of more expense and more cost, as well as not being able to do things like retarget or build your brand through that mechanism? First and foremost, you know, your cost per applicant is a moving target. Um, and so it, it requires essentially constant attention. And, you know, if you have a sourcing strategy for your job advertising campaigns that includes delivering the candidate directly into your applicant tracking system rather than having the candidate go through extra steps, you actually will see a massive reduction in your cost per applicant. 
And so that's the net net, right? And so to go back, if you go back to the ERE article, right, this is specifically talking about this flow where people are going through the ATS and going to apply on a desktop. This is becoming more and more expensive. And that's not a new thing. That has been a long time reality because the candidates are leaving a job site and 90 plus percent are not converting, right? If 90% don't convert, then you're probably wasting a lot of money on that retargeting campaign because retargeting somebody to come back to a broken application flow isn't going to result in new applications. It's going to result in wasted money on retargeting. And so the point of the find my dog example is if you can get that application data dropped right into the workflow of your recruiter in like real time, now you're really ex, you know, accelerating your time to hire. You're reducing what your cost per candidate is remarkably and your cost per hire will go down. And so it's, you know, it's a holistically, it's just a much, much better experience. So that's, I mean, that's, that's where, that's where I would land on it. Yeah. Excellent. Well, Alex, man, we thank you for your time, dude. For our listeners who want to know more about you, where would you send them? Jobsync.io is, uh, it's where you can learn more about what we do to help facilitate this integration, uh, solution for, for companies and, uh, Hit me up on LinkedIn anytime and uh, love to connect. Thank you. Thanks, man. We'll, we'll see you in Austin. Sounds great. Thanks, guys. We out. This has been the Chat and Cheese Podcast. Subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a single show. And be sure to check out our sponsors because they make it all possible. For more, visit chadcheese.com. Oh, yeah. You're welcome. You've got questions, we've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.